0: Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Those that are viewing by live stream that are not here, we want to say thank you as well. Because there are people that even outside the city that that invest in this church. we want to say thank you Uh, the best is yet to come not only for us but for you as well and we don't want you to think that you're outside because you're not when you invest you're partnering the book of philippians calls it partnership and we want to say thank you and uh, god bless you for that i don't have the words to express it but God will honor you and bless you beyond what I could say other than just thank you. Well, praise God. God's good. Yes, he is. We will be having a graduation at the close of the service today for those that uh, went through one of the classes at Omega Institute of Learning. And uh, we thank God that it's growing, and we, uh, we're grateful for that. Amen bless you. We're, we want to bless them. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, I think if we'd graduate people from high school and college, lay hands on them and bless them, they'd be a lot better off. I'd like to lay hands on someone but not bless them. <laughs> but I think we'd be a whole lot better off. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. God's good. I want to Continue just for a little bit. We're going to get right into it. Jump into it. If you, didn't, you weren't here Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I want to encourage you to listen to those. I will touch some things on that. Do you realize that the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, verse 4, that Cain, I mean that Abel, offered a more sacrifice, more acceptable, more excellent, Sacrifice than Cain. And we touched on that uh, a little bit Wednesday night. The reason why Cain offered an offering. But Abel offered the offering or the sacrifice and the fat thereof. That word fat there is, is also interchanged with another word that is used in, in the Old Testament, which we're not going to go through all, that, all of it, but I just want to touch base with you on it. That word fat is also the word oil or best. It's actually in another verse means best, not leftover. So today, we're going to go ho-hog. Everybody say "ho, hog." <laughs> oh. <laughs> when you when you give when you give your everything, give your all. That's why God wants your heart. Yeah, that's right. When God gets your heart, he, he doesn't even really want your money. Yeah, right. Most people think, well, He just wants uh, all, that, all the, uh, that the preacher talks about is money. No, most of the people, most people, that's where their heart's at. Yeah, right. I used to say it this way. <laughs> Some people set on their heart. <laughs> it's called a wallet. I <laughs> see you already jumped ahead. Praise God. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of excellence. And we thank you, Lord, that the spirit of learning is here. Holy Ghost, you're the great teacher. You're you're here to teach us all. And Lord, I thank you that every one of us have a heart to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church today. In the name of Jesus, and everybody agrees. Say Amen. amen. I, I'm going to give you a few little uh, reviews real quickly, and then we're going to go. You can find this First Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to start. But uh, Pastor Zona mentioned some things, and if you haven't studied this, you need to study it. It's in the book of Daniel. The whole book of Daniel is talking about excellence. But God was dealing not only... God used Daniel because he had a spirit of excellence, but he was also trying to reach kings. Kings have a pride problem most of the time. Dictators. And Nebuchadnezzar was the first king. And Nebuchadnezzar had his pride... His pride caused him to build a... uh, image. Now listen carefully. This image was a golden image. And it, he tells us that he, he made a, a, a decree that when you hear the trumpet blast, you're to bow down to this golden image. This golden image represented Nebuchadnezzar's ego. Because he kept saying, look at what I have done. Look at what I have done. Look at the kingdom that I have. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. Okay. And Nebuchadnezzar had the trumpets to sound. And then we find that there were three Hebrew children that refused to bow down. And it got them thrown into the fiery furnace. Okay. The point of me telling you this is that the Ego of human of humanity is an enemy of God. It's called pride or it's called fallen human nature. Pride or fallen human nature. I'm going to dismiss the 180 in a minute. I haven't forgot it. Pride or fallen human nature. Pride or fallen human nature is where the ego is at. And ego really represents edging out God. First letter of each one of those words is the word ego, edging out God. God, I didn't need you. I did it all by myself. I acknowledged you, but I didn't need you. At this point in time, Nebuchadnezzar had Acknowledge God because the miraculous, the miracle of the, of the three Hebrew children coming out of the fiery furnace without the smell of smoke, and so on and so forth. Then we go on later on. This is where I'm, I'm speeding through this. You go on later on, and you'll find out he had not acknowledged God, the God of. Uh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and said that we that they are to worship him. But later on he has another dream and God gives him a whole year, a whole year to repent. A whole year. And then this dream he turns into an animal and lives 7 years like an animal. His human reasoning left him. He ate grass like the animals. Now here is the man that is king of Babylon. And he's living like an animal for seven years because he refused to acknowledge, I mean, he refused to know God. He acknowledged him. Now I'm I'm saying this for a reason. Many of God's people, I didn't say any of them were here, Many of God's people acknowledge God or people that think they are God's people, acknowledge God, okay? But that doesn't mean you know him or you you live his way, okay? And Nebuchadnezzar had to spend seven years, after seven years, when that fullness of time came, After seven years, Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged God and his reasoning. Here's what I want you to see. His pride caused him to live like an animal. Puffed up ego will lead to destruction. Pride pride leads to a fall. Okay? We're talking about live, we're lear, learning in excellence. God never intended for you to live a, a, a fallen life. And a lot of times Christians live way below their privileges because they have, they don't learn. They don't get a spirit of learning. Humility is the key to learning. When he humbled himself, is when his reasoning and understanding return. Humility will cause you to become reasonable and understanding will return. I want to say that one more time. Humility will cause you to become reasonable. How many of you ever dealt with an unreasonable human being? Usually that is because they're full of pride. Now I don't mean compromising truth. That's not what I'm talking about. And we, we we made a confession here today that he is delivering us from wicked and unreasonable people. Wicked and unreasonable. In other words, we can't reason. Do you know that, that that God says come in the book of Isaiah let us reason together. Amen. You know why most people don't want to come to God? Cuz they don't want to reason with him. When you reason with God, you're going to find out God's right. Okay. So we need to we need we need to understand that. Now I'm going to give you a couple of things here, real quickly, uh, and this is rehearsal review, if you would. Humility towards God is the spirit of excellence. Humility is understanding authority. Pride disregards authority. We got some people in office that are very prideful. They disregard authority. Therefore, they do, they're not worthy of a leadership position. And it's a shame to the body of Christ we haven't demanded a change. Now, God is waking us up. Amen? Amen. Politics, listen carefully, politics follows. And it's going to be hard to swallow right here. The politics of our nation will follow the humility of the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, is he talking to us? You think I'm joking? Listen carefully. There, there hasn't been a humble spirit in the church for a while. Just in case you think I'm out of my mind, <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 7. If my people, whose people? My. God's people. If my people would humble themselves, Turn from their wicked ways. Seek my face. I will heal their land. Now, I may not have quoted it verbatim, but you understand. So the politics of a nation follows the humility of the church. If there's no humility in the church, then there will not be righteousness in the nation. Okay? Almost through with, re- with review. Almost. Jesus has paid a price for all of us to live the high life. My dad used to say it this way, most Christians live way below their privilege. God brought the children out of Egypt, which represented the land of not enough, with the intent to take them to the land of more than enough. But they became lukewarm, if you would, in the land of just enough. Just enough represents compromise. It's having one foot in the world and one foot in God. It's time to get off the fence. Both collectively, but also individually. All right, we'll dismiss 180 right now. All right, 180 is our youth ministry, and we're dismissing them right now. Glory to God. Thank God for 180. We appreciate you, young people. I appreciate being young. Amen. All right, let's go right into it, and we'll move real quick. I tell you, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. In studying Corinthians, I want you to remember something. There's two books to the book of Corinthians. I mean, to Corinthians. Church at Corinth was one of the most carnal churches. You know what carnal means? That means reasoning without the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were very carnal, yet God loved them, and God did do some great things through them. But there had to be correction brought. And in chapter 12, deals with the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. How many of you love the gifts of the Spirit? I love the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I really do. But we have to recognize they are gifts of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't give it to you based on you deserving anything. He gives it off of his, because of his goodness. Now, for the gift, these gifts to be used properly, they have to be held in a regard of where they came from. Remember Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king. He was in a position of authority. But he had a prideful spirit. That prideful spirit would acknowledge God, but never knew God. And if you don't humble yourself with these gifts, then these gifts become your God. Are you following me? They can become your God real quick. You should always be living on the edge of your flesh fearing and trembling when these gifts operate through you. If you ever get to the place that you know that you can handle this, God, I got this service. You're in in danger of hellfire. And it will cost you. I don't want to go through all the details that I've... And, and things that I stories that I could tell you through the years that I've learned, even as a child growing up, and then uh, stepping into another capacity of pastoring, I want to tell you there's been many people that their gift, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't regret giving them to you. However, that gift, if it's worshipped, becomes... where you love the praise. You understand what I'm saying? And all the praise should go to God. All the glory should go to God. And it should be, you have to, you have to work on, you have to die to your flesh to do what I'm talking about. That is, that is what produces longevity. Anybody can start, but not everybody finishes. You're in a marathon, not a sprint. Everybody say marathon. marathon. I'm just giving you <laughs> a synopsis of chapter 12 for time's sake. But I am going to, I'm going to say this. How you deal with God, with God correcting you is going to determine your position in life. Some people won't go through the correction process. I've seen people that have been talented, and I thought, dear Jesus, I wish I had that talent. And they disregard it. They take it for granted. And because they do... They never excel. Every gift represented here, listen carefully. Every gift represented here, and every one of us have gifts, every gift that is represented here is still a diamond in the rough. Do you know what makes a diamond valuable? It's the cut. It's the what? It's not just how large it is. It's how it's cut. If it's cut wrong, it'll mess up the value. Y'all loving Jesus this morning, right? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. After we go through all of that and he talks about these gifts, and he's even referring to, in, in 28, he refers to helps and governments too. Let's go to verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Now what does he mean, covet earnestly? Desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? The best gifts are when your flesh doesn't get any credit. Are you hearing me? The things that are done behind the scenes that nobody knows. I didn't say the others wasn't wasn't good and precious gifts. It says right here, covet earnestly the best gifts. Jesus put it this way. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. In other words, when you give your offering, you're not over there bragging about the offering you gave. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. In other words, you are trusting God to be the rewarder. You follow? Going to get really interesting here in just a second. Covet earnestly the best gifts. And really the best gifts that I see that are mentioned here, and we don't have time to go through verses 27 through 30, but the best gifts here are helps in governments, helps in leadership. There's a price to pay for leadership and helps. Price to pay. Perhaps the most important part to leadership is learning how to lead yourself. Verse 31. Look at this. But... Covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet, and yet, I show you a more excellent way. Now, what is excellence? Excellence is superior in quality. First class, first rate, top notch, if you would. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. Now, he just gets through talking about Gifts, and he goes right into chapter 13. If you've been around a church very long, you know that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is referred to as the love chapter. I got news from you for you. For the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, all of it is the love of God. But this is where we learn something, and it emphasizes the love of God here. But then you go into chapter 14. Chapter 14 goes back into talking about the gifts again. So why did he put 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, talk about, seems like, he talks about a a subject matter that's out of context. But in reality, he's telling you the reason why you have a gift. People that enjoy living know how to use their gift to edify someone else. They don't edify themselves. Do you you realize that every gift that a person has is not for themselves? Are you all here? It's not for yourself. I want to say this to you, Zona. Your gift of administration is not for you. It's for me. (laughs) Now you know why God gave you to me. I always knew it, but now I wanted you to know it. Okay. (laughs) Watch this. Now I show unto you a more excellent way. Then he jumps into verse 13. I mean, chapter 13, verse one, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity or love that word charity. I don't really like to use it there because you're thinking about, you're thinking about just giving to someone less fortunate. That's not, it's really the word agape. Okay. Have not love. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal if you don't understand that that gift that you have is for everybody else, and you think the gift is for you to have a more beneficial life only, then you're nothing but a -a (laughs) ding-a-ling. Yet we see in our society as a whole right now that is exactly where most of our leadership is at. They're a Both on a national scale, local scale, and even in the church. We've got churches where, where even people in the church are using their gift to exalt themselves. Longevity, listen carefully... Longevity. We we got people that won't speak the truth from the pulpit because they're more concerned about the crowd and the puffing up of their flesh than they are willing to tell a generation the truth. There is a there there is the the Bible is being manipulated to to preach what is referred to. It's not the truth. The gospel of inclusion. Instead of telling a person, you can be included in this building, but that doesn't mean God accepts you. The only way to get into heaven, and it, ha- it is highly vetted, there's only one answer. And if you don't know how to answer that, when you stand before the presence of Almighty God and you've got St. Peter ready to open the gate and you don't answer properly from your heart, you ain't getting in. And yet people will absolutely get up here and use their gifting to be inclusive. That gifting now is being used for their own purposes. Many people, that's why Jesus said it this way, many people that are first down here are going to be last up there. The gift of it, I mean the gift, there is no such thing as the gospel of inclusion. There's only the gospel. And it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all have sinned. So all have to bow down to the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to get in. So just as, and one of the other false statements which I despise it, God loves me just the way I am. No, he doesn't. He loves you in spite of the way you am. And he's going to love you enough to tell you the truth. He's not going to save me right where I am. No, He's not. He's going to take you from where you am and He's going to transform you into the life that He paid for. Are you, are you following me? That is true love. That is using the gift with the purpose of love. And it's not a gift to promote self. Are you following all right. Just so you'll know, at this time in my life, I thought that I would be retired. I know some of you praying for my retirement. But I ain't going nowhere. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Now, listen carefully. He's not saying that these gifts, he's not talking about faith that opposed to something. He's not saying this or that. He's saying that if these gifts that God has given you is not motivated by his love for you. The love he's talking about here is not Your love for God. He's talking about His love for you. You cannot love until you realize you are loved. From love. For God is love. You don't even have the capacity. We, I, want to say, I want to say you. We don't even have the capacity to love somebody until we receive the love of God. That's the excellent lifestyle. That's what makes me go above and beyond with my gift. That's what causes me to apply myself to be the best that I can be because God loves me, therefore, I love you. I've realized that and and, and, and now I want to use my gifting and I want to go above and beyond. I don't want to just to get by. It's kind of like this. This is the best way I know. This is fallen human's nature interpretation of God's love. When we get to Christmas, We want to give out gifts. Because, you know, after all, God gave his son. But then we get mad if that person doesn't give us a gift in return. Well, I gave them a $100 gift and they gave me a $20 gift. Do you see Aunt Sally, what she gave me, that sweater. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? That may be the best Aunt Sally's got. <clears throat> now, pay, pay, pay attention right here, because this is a fine line, and people fall off when they don't, when they don't understand. This is where we not need to comprehend. When we receive, and you got to be receiving God's love on a daily basis. When you receive God's love, then I don't want to live a sloppy lifestyle that would cause somebody else to stumble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I love them. I can't help but love them. I've said this before just recently. I used to say it quite often. I care what people think. Now not to the point that I care more about what they think than what God thinks. But I do care what people think because what they think can send them to hell. So I do care what people think. Usually when we're upset, we say, well, I don't care what they think. Well, that you selfish pig. Uh, sorry. None of them are here. But that's, that's just like a, 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 a reason why I called them that for a reason. Because if you've ever been around, I used to raise pigs when I was in high school. And they are piggish. They only, that, 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 they don't care. Are you following? They don't care. They'll run you over. They'll run their little ones over. They don't care. Whoever's the biggest and the baddest gets the mostest. Okay? See, if we don't care, you need to be concerned. Now, not to the point that. When you find out what God says in the Bible, you're going to compromise it for what they think. That's not what we're talking about. What we're referring to is that we care enough to get the truth to them. Even if they talk behind my back. But some people would rather have everybody talk nicely about them and be buddies to them than they would for the truth's sake. Am I making sense to you? Now, I, I, the reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm tra- God's training you and me for another, another level in this generation. Because this is a piggish generation. Self-centered. I dare you to knock this chip off my shoulder. I put it up there for a reason. I'm testing everybody that I come in contact with. Y'all still love Jesus. We better get into the love chapter. Okay. He says, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now that's, you know, everybody said, well, it says right here, you can feed the poor and still lose out. Are you, or did, did you hear that? Let that sink in a minute. You can feed the poor and still lose out. He's showing you a more superior way. The good new, listen, Jesus said the anointing of God is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now what is the gospel to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. Give them a sandwich, but preach the gospel to them. Giving them a sandwich without preaching the gospel is only temporarily meeting their need, and they'll be begging for another sandwich. If you really love the poor, you're going to give them the gospel. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. Love suffers long. It does what? This is the excellent way. This is the excellent way to live here on earth. It suffers long and yet is kind. Wow. <laughs> As preacher's kids, I, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I was one. And my kids growing up and... and uh, We'd always take our kids, and when they had some tiff with their friends or something, we always tell them take the high road. And you know, when 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 there was kids and they, you know, I know what you always take the high road, always take the high road. Well, I'm tired of taking the high road. <laughs> Anybody here? <laughs> So that's when. That's see. When you're when you having that, that, I'm tired of taking the high road. That lets you know your maturity. Oh, I love Jesus. Glory to God. Suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself. Is not rash. That means it's not rash. Is not puffed up. It's quite the opposite of Nebuchadnezzar's ego. Does not behave itself unseemly. Man, we need to study this. He says this is the excellent way. Seeks not her own. Love doesn't seek her own. It seeks to the benefit of others. And it's not easily provoked. Not easily provoked. Not easily provoked. Not easily provoked. Hello? Chip on the shoulder. If I look at you wrong, I'm talking about this generation. If I look at you wrong, guess what? Today, looking at somebody wrong can get you killed. Now you understand what's going on in our generation. It's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Love tells you how to think. How many of you ever had this? There's a verse in the Bible that said the more I'm used on it, The hotter it got. How many of you ever thought that said this? The more I thought about it, the matter I got. Well, don't think on it. (laughs) How many of you know to change that thought? That's a little effort, isn't it? That means a little dying to the flesh. Well, Well, you don't know what they did. Don't think on it. (laughs) Don't think on it. He's saying this is the more excellent way. I didn't say this. He did. Do you know I have to die to myself to do just that? I have to purpose to change my thoughts. I have to learn how to think and what not to think. I have to learn it. Learning is a choice. I can't teach it to you. You can't teach it to me. When, I, when I've gotten uh, uh, some things that aggravated me, and the more I thought it, the matter I would get. Uh, uh, Zona's already over something, and it may not have anything to do with me and her. But it just, you know, and she said, what's wrong with you? You're squinting like that. Well, I'm thinking. Well, quit thinking. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you ever thought you've got to think things through? But you always have to go to the beginning. Uh. <laughs> and you never get to the through. Oh, wow. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Or another way of saying it, but rejoices with truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things. Now, it doesn't mean that you believe everything. Because you're supposed to try, prove. Okay? So, what does he mean, believe all things? He means believes all things that, God's, that love is telling you. Hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. Now you understand why he's talking about living the more excellent way. Love never fails. Love never fails. If I fail, it's because I wasn't walking in the more excellent way of love. Love never fails. Glory to God. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues. By the way, the reason why prophecies fail is most people don't realize that prophecies are conditional. Conditional. Well, God said it, then it'll happen. Only if you agree with it and follow it. You don't agree with it, you don't accept it and agree with it, then it won't follow, it won't come to, through. In fact, Nebuchad- Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of that dream, gave him one year to repent, and Nebuchadnezzar didn't do it. That means that he could have changed the outcome through repentance. He could have changed that dream. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is perfect shall, uh, uh, that which is uh, part shall be done away. Now watch this phrase right here. When I was a child, I'm going to say it another way. When I was childish, I spake like a childish person. I understood as a childish person. I thought or reasoned like a childish person. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. One of the most uh, difficult ages in life is that age when you're leaving childhood to come into adulthood. I remember, you know, I was, when I was a child, I had, uh, how many of you guys ever heard of Tanka toys? I had some Tanka toys. And they were, they were the real stuff. They was made out of metal. They lasted forever, and I wound up giving some to my grandchildren. But when I was a child, I played with those, with those toys. But when I became a man, I put, them, I put them away. I mean, I don't want to be dare, dare looked at as, as a child, the age of a man. Are you following? I put away childish toys, childish things. Okay. Glory to God. Oh, man. For now we, we see through a glass darkly or partially or in a riddle, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And we're almost through. We only got two verses left. Because we're going to go on in chapter 14, verse 1. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Now listen very carefully. He's not trying to get you to compare faith, love, faith, and uh, faith, hope, and love. He's not trying to get you to compare them. They're not competition. Faith and hope only work true love without love they can't work love will give you hope based on faith and faith worketh by love is energized operative by love in other words you can have a lot of faith but if it's not the love of God for you. In other words, God's love for you. Understand what we're talking about. We're not talking about your love anymore for each other or your love for for God. We're talking about God's love for you. That's what we're talking about here. Because this agape love comes from God. It is not created from what the world's fleshly attitude is about love. That is most of the time wrapped up in lust, has no understanding what the the love of God is. The real love of God is the more excellent way to live. And to do so, you have to choose to learn and be taught by that love. And the love of God will always tell you the truth. Be absolute with you. Okay? But he'll be patient even if you do mess it up. And he'll be kind and he'll sit there and wait being long-suffering for you to wake up and repent. We need to embrace repentance instead of run from it. I don't know why we run from repentance but we do. We're almost through. For today. Watch this. He's not doing away with the gifts. This wraps it up. Follow after love. Follow after what? He didn't say follow after gift. He said follow after love. Follow it. Why? Because I show unto you a more excellent way. Follow after God, the God kind of love. The way God loves you is the way you love somebody else. And you'll use your gift to go above and beyond to be a blessing to someone else. Follow after love and, everybody say and. And desire spiritual gifts. That's where he brings us back into desiring to use those gifts. But the desire of using those gifts is now I'm not selfish with my gift to promote myself. I'm using my gift to go above and beyond for somebody else. And that will take discipline. Because I want to tell you what happens. To go the extra mile, Jesus said if, a, if your brother asks you to go a mile, go two, with, go, go two miles with him. He asks you for a coat, give him your cloak also. Why is he saying that? Go above and beyond. Amen. That's the excellent way. I want to bless you. I want to be a blessing. I want to use my gifting to bless you. I don't want to use my gifting for myself. And I don't want to hide my gifting under a bushel. I want that I want the bushel to be taken off so my gifting can be used to shine through me the love of God to a generation that does not know that Jesus has paid the price for us to live a more excellent way. Let me give you. This last thing. The world's interpretation. I'm going to talk to you just for a second about giving. The world's interpretation for what we just read and about giving is socialism. Socialism is the economics of communism. It's dictatorship. We're 1% tells everybody else, this is what you will do, but they, them hypocrites up at that 1%, reserve to exempt themselves from all of it. There's no freedom attached, and quite, it's the, contra- quite the contrary, it's a condemnation to keep 99% in poverty. However, God's interpretation... Of giving is the giving from the heart, and it has the more excellent way as its motive. Now, I'm gonna give. Let me give you what has happened in the church in the past. I'm talking about the church in general, most people. Think going to church is about getting what they need, and what they need is to give. Well, that really went big. I thought you'd jump up, down, say it, preach it, brother Ronnie. Take a second, third offering. I'm not talking about money only. I'm talking about of yourself. The reason why people's lives are a wreck is they have not found the excellent way to live. God wants you to be allow His love to f- so dominate you voluntarily Amen. to the point That you give of your life. And the more you give of your life, the more life gives to you. Now you start finding out the joy of life and the purpose of living. Are you following me? I just want to give. I want to use my I want to get up i want listen I want to get the more i let me i 'm using my gift the more I preach and teach, the more I get The more I share revelation knowledge, the more revelation knowledge I get. The more I pray for others, the more people pray for me the more i I help in ministry the more help is given me. Are you following me? But it can't be like Cain, the leftover. It has to be the principal part of my life, the best of my life, not the leftover of my life. And a lot of people think that, well, you know, I've heard people say, now you just, and family members, once you dedicate yourself to this, this is what they're going to say. Well, you're always down there at the church. That's that's just unreasonable. Because they don't understand the way of life. They don't understand this more excellent way. And so they'll make statements like that, and they'll try to get you all bent out of shape. And, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, you ought to spend time with your family. Well, what about your family getting involved? Let's do this together. Do you understand how America was even started? The first thing that was built in a town was the church. And the whole town square was revolved around the church. Why? Because the church were givers. They understood this more excellent way. And now we've allowed our country to turn it into something else. But thank God we're taking it back because the church is waking up and we're not satisfied any longer to go to church and sit there for an hour or so and and listen and watch Pastor Ronnie spit at us. I want what God wants. I'm hungry for God in my life. And government can't give that to me. I don't care how much money the government gives to you. They cannot give you this more excellent way of living. They can't do it. Now the last thing I'm going to share with you. This is so important. In the book of Matthew, I believe it is, chapter 5, you can look it up later for yourself. He talks about giving, and he's specifically talking about an offering. Jesus is talking, and this is what he said. He He said, if you have a gift and you go to give that offering, and you remember that someone has ought against you, Stop what you're doing, leave the gift at the altar, go be reconciled to your brother, and after that, come back and offer your gift. Tithing cannot compensate and make up for aught that your brother has against you. I didn't say any of that. That's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you think you're right. <laughs> He's talking about a more excellent way. In other words, if you don't give, reconcile, then you're giving an offering, and it ain't out of love. It's out of obligation. Do you, un- you understand what we're talking about here? We're talking about the more excellent way to live. Don't be reconciled. Why is that? Why is that important? Because the love of God between the body of Christ is the way to live. Husbands and wives, you need to grab this. Don't just offer your gift, whether it be your talent, your time. Or your money. And not allow. Just keep that wall there. Go be reconciled to your brother. This will let you know when you're walking in the love of God. When there's joy in your life. Ain't no joy. Then you're missing the love walk somewhere. Missing the love walk someplace. Woo, getting thick in here. Richard, you better come on up here. You ought to be happy. You ought to walk in the joy of the Lord. The joy, you know what I find out? The joy of the Lord, it's my strength. If there's no joy, I have no strength. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. When I walk in the joy of the Lord, I'm walking the love walk because joy is a byproduct of the love walk. Glory to God. Are y'all, are y'all here? You ought to be excited. You ought to say, preach on, Brother Ronnie. I know there's somebody around that needs it. Glory <laughs> Hallelujah. You'll find that you'll walk in healing. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And if there ain't no merry heart, ain't no medicine. Merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And our merry heart has to do with the love walk. That's the more excellent way. God loves me. I can't help but love somebody else. If he loves me, I know that he'd love you. Because if he can love me, he's got to be able to love you. Because I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm up on that upper end scale there where he had to really stretch it out. No, he does stretch it <laughs> out. That's his nature. Glory to God. Father, I thank you. You're talking to every one of us. And what you're saying to us today is help us to come up to a higher level. to let go of our childish toys and step up and be the man and woman that you've created us to be. For Lord, our generation is starving for a manifestation of the love of God through the church. Glory be to God. Lord, we all have things that we need to overcome and quirks and, and little things that kind of irritate us because we have different backgrounds and different giftings. But Father, your love is the oil in the machinery that keeps the friction down. It keeps us running like a well-oiled machine. Glory to God. Lord, I thank you for the fire of your spirit right now falling on on us, stirring in each and every one of us to choose to learn the more excellent way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your truth and your grace. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We're going to have graduation here in just a minute, but I I want us to take about three minutes here. Submit all the junk in your life right now to me. Let God's love just flow in and replace it. Glory be to God. Lord, I thank you for your love right now filling this room. Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher and comforter and helper. Glory to God. Help us to release what we need to release within ourselves. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies. Thank you, sweet Jesus, right now. Hallelujah. Melt all that nonsense, that childishness out of us. Help us to pursue being like you, Jesus. Help us to pursue excellence. This excellent way of living. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lord, deliver us from stumbling all over ourselves to live the more excellent way of living whereby your love never fails. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I sense. That the kingdom of God is moving in. Taking ground. In us. Are you listening? In us us. He's taking ground in us. Ground that our fallen human nature has not wanted to give. But thank God. God's bigger yes, than sin cursed nature. And He's taking ground. Amen. I, you know what I sense? There's going to be bottles and diapers left here today. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. I prefer they don't be stinking them. Glory to God. We're gonna get ready for our graduation right now. If you give me just a few minutes, these people have worked very hard, and I, they want you to celebrate. We want you to celebrate with us. Glory to God. Just be seated for a couple of minutes, will you, please? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Arizona, I just admired your gift of administration. Did I leave something out? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I want you to know, we love you all. And uh, only you, no other church in the world could take me. <laughs> but you've, you've received me, and I want to tell you thank you. Glory to God. Father, right now, we thank you for the, your healing virtue. If there's anyone needs healing in their body right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we speak healing. We speak deliverance to them. Through the merits of the cross and the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Glory be to God. We thank you that healing virtue flows into their body. Lord, we thank you right now for peace of heart. We thank you, Father, for godly thoughts. And Lord, we thank you right now for your, your grace to surround us like a shield. Follow us wherever we go. I thank you, Father, right now that we hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. That you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And we invoke that name right now. And we declare in the name of Jesus, say this with me out loud, in the name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Fathers, we leave this place today and we go into our everyday lives, every person we come in contact with because you have so filled us full of your love that your love would ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Now, remember, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, we want you to invest time with your family, want you to celebrate, and thank God for them. Without them, you wouldn't be here. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.